Welcome to Out of My Misery. I'm Chrissy Cuse. And I'm Dickie D. And on today's episode, we will be talking about EDs. Not erectile dysfunction. This is my episode, not Richie's. Uh, it's eating disorders. I don't have complete dysfunction. I, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it works really well, sometimes not. But Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, just show up. Okay, so I have experienced the spectrum of eating disorders. So experienced anorexia to bulimia but bulimia was the one that really had me in a chokehold you're such a liar i'm i'm a truther i i my lowest weight was 98 pounds it was pretty intense bring out the fucking scale well not now how dare you go on make me go on a scale triggered but i do want to say that this episode should actually carry a bit of a trigger warning because some things that i talk about some things i may recall may you know may trigger those who are don't, suffering. Don't start fucking crying now. I, I'm, I'm telling cry. you now, I will leave this fucking table if you start crying. In the arms <laughs> the angel. Okay. So as we've discussed in past episodes, I was fat as a child. Uh, John Candy, we remember. <laughs> we remember the voice. I love to famous Amos cookies. She <laughs> loves that voice. <laughs> but... I, I, so I guess because I was heavy as a child, I was always made aware of my weight. I knew that I was overweight, but I, I was more of an emotional eater. I never really, I clearly never uh, suffered from restricting. I'm heavy because I eat. I'm unhappy. What was that line? (laughs) I'm not, I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. Fat bastard. Fat bastard. So I definitely experienced some emotional eating. You know, when my bagel bites took too long in the microwave, I would get really upset, erratic, and oh, then once they were finally bites. done, How I would... How much sodium is in those oh, things? Like, who cares, man? They were delicious, but they blew me the fuck up, like the Michelin Man, but I didn't give a fuck. You don't have any in the freezer right now, do you? <sighs> no, I, I don't totally eat those eat anymore. Some. But, so, yes, I was fat, big roly-poly-oly, but I didn't care because I was smart and I was cool as fuck, or whatever. Um, but in fifth grade, that was when I really ballooned. Um, and then I went on Weight Watchers. My mom put me on Weight Watchers. So I guess that was the first time I, again, was more so made aware. Like, hey, you fat bitch, you got to take it down a notch. When was this? Fifth grade? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. You decided that was it. Well, I didn't. My mom did. <laughs> Your mom? Yeah. <laughs> Go, we, mom. We can't fit you in the frame for family pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I lost weight through Weight Watchers. I was going on 45-minute walks every day. So I lost, yeah, I lost weight naturally. Um, then I was basically skinny until ninth grade. Well, I wouldn't say skinny, but I maintained my weight. Nothing. I wasn't like, you know, I didn't stick out like Jabba the Hutt. They weren't. Four, four years of being a certain frame. Yeah. And then, so ninth grade, I looked good. Tenth grade, though, I got fucking fat as shit. But I, that was my peak genius time. Like, I was smart as you fuck. You went from being fit for how many years to being? Six, uh, fit, no, sixth to ninth grade. So three years of being fit. Then I got fat again in 10th grade. Well, what happened within that year that you just got fat right away? So I stopped cheerleading, but then I started taking all advanced like math and science classes. And I was so close to my dad, as we know. Rest in peace, Big Sal. We love you so much. We love you. We love you. Um, But he he was a heavy man and we would just bond over math and physics. We would eat Snickers ice cream bars. That was our shit. And again, bagel bites. And I didn't care because I didn't have problems with friends. And I just always knew that I was smart. So at that time, again, I just didn't. I didn't care what I looked like. I had no interest in men because I had bagel bites to tend to. A lot of small dicks out there. <laughs> so so I was, you know, riding the Rosie O'Donnell train from 10th to uh, freshman year of college. 
But then freshman year of college, December 2009, I got diagnosed with MS. And then I started like realizing, well, on my own, through my own research and then through like doctor's advice, they were like, hey, you bitch, you're like 400, not 400, 200. And, 400? No, Holy <laughs> shit. The 200. You, the U-Haul pulled up. <laughs> The Hess truck's back. <laughs> no, but so I was like 240 pounds, and they were like, I think you should lose weight because now you have multiple sclerosis. What weight, what weight did you hit at your peak? Two, 238 was my highest. I can lift that. And that's, I'm five. That's light. I'm five, six. That's oh, shut the fuck up. Fucking heavy. Shut up. I just flipped a tie that weighed okay. 460. I could have flipped you no problem. I get that, but aesthetically, it's not a pleasing view. Let me see you pictures. You know what I'm saying? Do you have pictures of yourself? Oh, With no God. clothes on? No, no. Me too. Me too movement. <laughs> so I lost 100 pounds naturally from December 2009 to, I think it took about a, a year, year and a half. So I had no eating disorder thoughts because, again, I lost it naturally and I was like, I'm doing this for MS purposes and there's a benefit to this. So I, I, I think I was more so, I think I like towards 2013, I was in like the 160 to 170 range but I didn't think I was fat I was like because I was so proud of myself that I lost weight from 240 pounds and There's I was nothing wrong like a 160 weight range yeah but I guess but so it in society we're yeah. fucked up like yeah you're not when, allowed to be short you're not allowed to be fat yeah I'm also five be... six and a half like so I mean when I look back on pictures now when I'm that weight I'm like ew you're so fat but it's it's just all fucked up. Also, like my tits carry like fifteen twenty pounds. Yep. So yeah, they really yeah. Which <laughs> they're like thirty. So but okay, now we now we segue into giant tits one sixty <laughs> to one seventy. That's when I met my ex. Thirty each? Are they even your tits? No, they're, they're uneven. No, they're not. They're so uneven. So one's about thirty, one's twenty. They're uneven. If anyone wants to pay to even them out, um, you can they're, go to our GoFundMe. Please, we have a GoFundMe <laughs> on Kickstarter. So again, in two thousand thirteen, before I met my ex, I didn't really have biodisorder thoughts because I was like damn bitch you lost all this weight by yourself and I was getting more male attention and I was like I look good blah 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 so the pivotal moment was April 2013 I started dating my ex Dominican as we know oh boy <laughs> here we go and this was really where not when I developed an eating disorder I didn't develop an eating disorder with him off the bat but the body dysmorphia was something that I never even knew existed before. So as soon as we met, the first thing he would always, he was always so critical of my appearance, but at the same time he always praised my appearance. Like he loved that I had giant boobs, as we know, and green eyes, whatever. He's very critical of you, but is this kid a Johnny five Depp? Five. Yeah, He's but five is he a Johnny? Five. Let's not attack the short men. But he as looks far like as... cousin Skeeter. Cousin Skeeter. Dog. Yeah, yeah. And I know his dream is to be worked like a puppet because he never went down on me, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so, so his thing was always like, I don't think you're ugly. Obviously, I'm with you. I live with you. But everyone can always look better. So when you approach things like that, again, I said in like the toxic relationship episode, he was never really, he was never yelling. He was never mean. It was very like calm and like, this is constructive. That's psychotic but behavior. It is psychotic. I think he really is a sociopath or a psycho. So he always, initially, initially always, oh my God, he made me aware. He was the one that made me aware that I had no ass. Always. Because I did not even know because I was so fixated that I had a chest. And I also, I also just wasn't thinking about it. I can't look behind me. I didn't give a fuck. So I remember the first time, because we lived in the Bronx, he took me to a Colombian jean store. It's a butt-boosting store. Where did store. you live in the Bronx now? On, on Hughes. 
right across yeah right off a little uh italy you about that life about that life uh yeah i was i was but he he took champagne for my campaign So he took me to the Colombian jean store. I think it was like Levanta Culo or some shit. Oh, he wanted you to get a real Spanish girl ass. Yeah, I'm, I'm not lying, yeah. He wanted and, a Dominican ass. Of course. And he would just then from that point on, like all clothes had to be tight. And I had to wear like a waist he trainer. He was turning you yeah. into a Dominican girl. He would tell people that I was Cuban. He would say, you look Cuban. Don't worry. I was like, I don't look Cuban. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're on. Like, and he just initially was like so harped on me getting like a Brazilian butt lift. Like always. I didn't even know what the fuck this was. And when I would tell my friends like BBL, BBL, they'd be like, what are you speaking? Big black Oh, we went through this though. But, but um, Brazilian butt lift. Brazilian I just butt lift. fucking said it. <laughs> so he just really made me aware of all my flaws. He would say, like, when we went out, he would look at me and he'd be like, why do you look this way when I speak to you? Why are your eyes shifting that way? Like, why do you sit up that way? Like, these little things that I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know these things were wrong with me. I talked about this in the other episode. They all just, like, led up into the eating disorder. So because I never... The whole point of that is me saying this is that he had full control over my life. I felt like this person came into my life. He pointed out all these things that were wrong with me, but he had good intentions. So I always went to him for advice because I was well, like, well, you think he had good yeah, intentions. Yeah, I'm saying. I really thought he had good intentions because I was like, you love me. You're spending your life with me. You take me out with your friends. Why would you actually think I was ugly? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why would you want to be around someone that you, you know what I'm saying? You He's don't want to be around someone. Yeah. So. It really, he was the one that actually made me aware that, like, I had a bad nose. And I tell everyone, like, oh, yeah, I got a nose job because I really wanted it. But, I mean, like, in the early stages, I never, I just never thought about it. I've never thought about my appearance that much, like, so critically. So, he, the things he would say about my appearance, especially how I interacted with people, that led me to, like, develop agoraphobia. Because then it really affected how I could... Growphobia? No, agoraphobia. I couldn't leave the house. Agoraphobia. Agoraphobia. Hold on, let's slow this down. Because I Agor- do some... Do- when I do- agoraphobia. Agoraphobia. Someone bring out Hooked on Phonics. <laughs> agoraphobia. So this is about like 2016. I was really struggling like with with work uh, because I just felt like, oh my God, I'm go out. You couldn't leave like, the house. Yeah, I was like, I look like Picasso. My nose is bad. I don't know how to stand up straight. I don't know how to talk to people. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know how to talk to people. If anything, everyone always says, holy shit, Chrissy, I want you around. Like, you're so funny. Like, I never had a problem. Like, I never thought I had a problem interacting. And then I was like, oh my God, he's telling me all these things. Like, I didn't know. Whatever. He made me so aware of it, but it was just a way to control me. So... This is 2016. We moved from the Bronx to Astoria. I did have jobs like in between, but in but he that was then he became like the CEO of his own startup. So he was always working. So if you're I'm in a new place, I'm in Astoria and he's always working. And here I am harping on all like all of my insecurities. Staring at the, the mirror. Staring. All day long. All you, the time. You in the mirror. All the time. Body check. Like, just tearing. Boob self check. Yeah, yeah. Tearing myself apart. Like, just, it was, it was horrific. So, in 2018, that was when, um, 2018 was when I discovered, like, this diet that was really tailored to helping heal multiple sclerosis. And it's called the Walls Protocol. So, this was the first time, like, I experienced control. Mind you, in 2018, I was about like 150 and he he had no problem with my body, but it was it was just 
it didn't even matter about he never said like oh you're fat he never ever ever called me fat it was just always like you would look better if you did this which is so much more manipulative it's so much more manipulative than any it, than, than did someone come it, in and telling you because it's almost like he's caressing you as yes. he's as he's controlling you yes it's yes. very very smart the, he smart the first guy. you talk about that i mean that i'll just go on a little tangent real quick the first time he put hands on me in 2014 he choked me out and then when i like came to he was like holding me crying saying how much he loved me and like he just didn't understand but that could be love like yeah. I, I, I don't understand how you can't see like a little choke here and there doesn't mean love i, I don't know oh god just me and my dumb uh, white girl brain dumb so, white girl. i know so it was the first time I experienced control with the MS diet. I, but because it is like pretty restrictive, I was losing weight. So my ex, as we know, with the Wickham diet, What's it was the Walls Protocol. Oh. <laughs> this guy really needs uh, hooked on phonics. Like I said, um, so he hated. This was before my nose job, by the way, in 2018. So he hated how small my boobs were getting. If I'm losing weight. I, my boobs oh, he are can't have it out. all. This fucking guy. No, gotta, no, wait, he got to calm down. This fucking guy. By the way, you want to talk about how he made me like so biodysmorphic? The first within the first six months of us dating, he bought me a boob pad to even out my boobs, which I didn't even know they were ever like lopsided. And then like when we would go out, he would look at me and he'd be like, "Do you have the boob pad in?" I'm not going. You don't want to dress this way. I'm not going. Without I'm the not boob going. pad, but he made that, that. I don't see how that doesn't make sense to you. Why would you leave the house with a boob <laughs> pad? It's like leaving the house without a wallet. I don't. Like, why don't you leave the house without a wallet? You think my chest looks like this? No, I have a boot pad. So once I really started to get skinny, he hated it. Like he, oh my God, he was repulsed. But I didn't do it to spite him. I really was like, holy shit, my MS feels so good right now. This is amazing. I have no MS pain. I could go in the gym like, wow, wow, amazing. So as I started to lose weight, he, on this, on my birthday, on my birthday, he buys me a $150 pair of butt pads. And he was like, you're losing weight. You're wearing these. And we would never go out. Unless that is I the wore. nicest person. <laughs> How dare you, Chrissy? You are so ungrateful. Now you sound like him. You sound like an ungrateful. Yeah. Well, that's what every girl wants. Yeah. But go ahead. So, so once I deviated from the MS diet, I felt pain. And then there was like all this guilt and shame surrounding that because I was like, Chrissy, you can control this for once. You've never had control of your, in your relationship. Like you could control this, but I had like, I also just always had guilt and shame, like from the beginning of my relationship, because you know, everything was always my fault, blah, 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 blah. So I remember the, the one day I deviated from my MS diet and it was a chocolate covered strawberry because you can not have like any any um like sugar or carbs or whatever barely and i threw up because i was nervous i was like oh my god it's gonna i'm gonna get sick because the ms diet really it really made me like view foods as bad and good like this is healing me this is damaging here me here comes the food the the, the bulimia eating, here comes the, the eating the bulimia now your mind is wrapped around food, food. All long. Obsessive. obsessive i could not think. i i could not think i was i was completely dominated by the thought of food everywhere i went i was like i can't eat this like i was just i could be funny on the outside so, so anxious this on is the, the start of bulimia yeah this is so the start I, of bulimia. I, need, I have a question for you mm-hmm. anorexia and bulimia are uh, I, I dealt with this with my ex when and uh, there's nothing that made her more emotionally charged than eating disorders because when we spoke about it which i didn't really know 
about this stuff. And, you know, I knew anorexia was, oh, these girls are skinny, they're anorexic. Yeah. We always use those terminologies, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's, believe me, there's all these other things that a guy like me has no fucking idea what these things are. But, I mean, I've never seen this girl so emotionally charged. I mean, this girl got double teamed by married men with kids, didn't care, <laughs> right? Uh, but when it came to talking about these things, is she would be enraged. I was I've insane. I've never seen the side of her where it was like she was literally like this girl was flipping out. Because you're malnourished and you're stuck in this cycle and you're like, holy shit, I don't understand why I'm even doing this. And once you do it once, you can't stop. And I am not like ever minimizing drug. What, what? What's the difference between them? Because how many Anore- different versions of eating disorders are there? Well, and what's the difference between an anorexia and a bulimia? And anorexia so on and so forth? is restricting. You don't eat. You cut your calories. You you barely eat. Bulimia is your binging like you're eating massive amount of food and you're throwing it up so ah. i think that this is why i wanted to talk about bulimia in depth on the podcast bulimia is so under discussed because it's not glamorized like anorexia it's absolutely disgusting that's why i didn't tell anyone because it's like your head is in the toilet you're throwing up like that's absolutely dis- you know what i'm saying you're disgusting it's th- you're not disgusting if you have it but i mean you feel so disgusting you that's feel- real nice chris you know? <laughs> you feel- everybody's disgusting <laughs> if you have these things then no how dare you? You feel so disgusting. So he noticed, obviously, I was puking. Like, because, again, I was spiraling. And I was honest with him because I was like, I can't get out of this. Like, I never once thought I would ever be bulimic. Like, and I just felt like I lost control. Like, I had control with the MS diet. Now I fucking lost it. And I just, my brain, all over the place. Right? So he, it, it was diff- He it was really easy for me to stay with him during this because you're in a long-term relationship with someone and they see you being bulimic and he's he was staying with me. So he sent me to a hypnotist. Okay? Yes. No. So This guy's fucking no. on point. So I got to take a page out of his book. So it was crazy because it's this hypnotist on Madison and I remember thinking like That's I, a fancy hypnotist. Yeah, it not, was so expensive. That is not a South Bronx hypnotist. No, that is a Madison so Avenue exce- fucking hypnotist. It was hypnotist. so expensive. So wow. it was really and I didn't tell anyone I was bulimic. No one knew I was bulimic except him. So I it was so I go to this hypnotist and again, yes, very expensive. However, I always wanted to go to a psychologist. I would beg him because he was making a lot of money and like I couldn't leave the house and he would let me not work and I was like, "Please, I want to go to a psychologist like this I need I need to speak about this. I don't want to go to fucking hypnotist. I don't even know what that's about, right? I go to this hypnotist, right? This guy is all about diet. Like really into like Mediterranean diet. We start talking about we start talking about science in general. Whatever. I establish a connection with this man outside of being hypnotized. And immediately the first the first session he looks at me and he's like, You have to get out of this relationship. And I didn't know like what he was is talking about. Is he single this guy? No, no, this, Why don't you try no, to he's sleep old. With he's this like guy. freaking fifty five. No, but You this, have a problem with no. sleeping with a fifty five year old man? <laughs> no, so so he literally this first session he was like he was like you are he would just tell me he was like you look so abused he was like this man immediately knew he was like get the fuck this out of this relationship was like, your husband and you fucked this oh up oh my going. god you totally fucked so, this up keep going so he would just like the way he would talk to me i think he like tried to hypnotize me only once we only had like two or three sessions so and you woke up and you put no, clothes back no. on <laughs> All of a sudden, I was coughing because his dick was down my throat. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, but so I, it was just so crazy to me because I remember the first session, like, that's exactly what he said. He was like, you have all the mannerism of Stockholm Syndrome. But he wasn't kidding. Like, I always thought that Stockholm Syndrome was, like, something in movies, like Prisoner of the War. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, 
but at that point in 2018 i was so isolated like i wasn't even seeing friends like i was i was so isolated who needs friends yeah exactly so this this hypnotist kept telling me he was like oh it's gonna get worse like because he had like a weird he told me that he my ex sent someone to him before and i was like wait so like he sends all of his like ex-girlfriends to you and then he was talking to me and he was like you are so he was like you're really intelligent and he was like you just need to leave he was like this is he was like you got with this man in a very vulnerable state you had a mess your dad just died and he was like he was basically telling me everything i knew but i didn't want to admit to myself yeah but this man like i stopped seeing him because my ex like i told like he didn't want to pay for it anymore understandably it was very expensive and I wasn't getting better. My bulimia was still raging, right? And this man would continue to text me. I would have to text him in secret because he'd be like, did you leave? Are you okay? Are you safe? This man would say he's going to hit you. Like, he would tell me all the time, if you don't, if he doesn't kill you with his hands, he's going to kill you mentally. Like, I had no idea how this guy picked up on all of this, like, just through, like, one or two sessions. It was absolutely insane. He was Jesus. He was Jesus. So, don't well, at times, like, with the bulimia, like... So now, how, how long did your bulimia last? So it gets worse. I'm not even talking about peak yet. So it lasted two years, 2018 to 2020. But now going through this, the thing is, like, for me trying to understand, because, like, again, like, when I go back to this, is like the, the, the violence that came out of her, the shoot out of yeah, her eyes. Yeah, like, you're Mount Norris. You're, oh, no. she, would, she would scream at the top of her lungs I was that, I, that I did not understand. Yeah. That you don't, you don't get it. Your entire life revolves around food. All day long, Absolutely. you're thinking about food. You're not thinking about anything, anything else. else. You're just thinking about food. When you're going to eat, how you're going to throw it up, when the next meal's coming. When can you get away with throwing up? Like, when is anyone coming home? Like, I I just, I there, yeah, it was just uh, all-consuming. And I uh, don't mean to minimize, like, drug addiction at all, but it's like you need food to survive. You don't need drugs to survive. So then I would go these days and I'd be like, I know I need to eat, but I don't know how to eat. Like, and it would make me so upset because I would tell my ex and he'd be like, you're an infant. You're a child. You don't know how to eat. Like you're 28, you're 27. And then I, then it got worse and it got worse as he got more successful because with his startup, because he was out of the house all the time. So I would, I, so like he was gone, but he never tell me when he would leave. Like he, cause he, he knew he was like, if I tell you like I'm gone like twelve to, to five or whatever, you're gonna like binge on like ten thousand calories and you're gonna puke it up between ten to five. So, but I didn't care. Like I needed my fix. I like I was absolutely psychotic about it. But then it got. I was getting so skinny, and he would call me crazy. He would say, "Who would date me?" He would say, "I'm white trash. I'm wasteful." He would say, "I'm useless. A cancer patient. Look like a Holocaust victim. Like all these things, right?" And I would just be hysterical crying because I'd be like I don't want this like I don't know how to fix it you don't want me to go to therapy like I am just my brain is like like there would be days where I was like I'm just not gonna eat anymore because I know once I eat one thing I'm gonna just start like I'm not gonna be able to stop so it got really bad because he we had like a no well he had a no lock doors policy and he would open all the doors with a knife if I had the the uh, door ever locked. And then, like, he would film me when I would throw up. Like, he would come in and he would just narrate it. And he'd be like, look at you. Look at you. You're fucking crazy. Look at her. Look at her. She's a piece of shit. Like, look, she's so crazy. Her head's in the toilet. Look at Christine. And, like, your brain is like, like, and I just told my friend this. I was like, I would rather someone, like, film me 
like having sex than like me with my head in the toilet because that's like my lowest like mental point. You know what I mean? Are those videos out there right but, now? Yeah, he has them on his phone. I don't know if he would, like I don't know what we were talking about sex ones, the blame ones. I don't know what fetish the. I don't want a fetish you throwing up. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting, and he he really like he, the way he like it was really easy for me to think like he's not a bad person because he's still staying with me. But it really fucked me up because he would he would not go near me. He wouldn't kiss me for like years. He always said I smelled like vomit. He was like, "You're disgusting. You look disgusting. Your hair is thin." Like like I had nothing. Like I I could not get a job. I did not want to be around anyone. I was like, this is the most isolating thing in my entire life. I felt like I couldn't even tell anyone because I was like, I'm bulimic. Like, that is vile to me. Like, how am I doing this? I did not even know how I got to this point. And it was like, that was like a real highlight of when like, well, now I look in retrospect. That's like a real trauma bond. Like, I would look to him like as like my savior because he would be like I'm trying to help you like I only film you because I want you to see them so you see how crazy you're being you need to like you like you need to realize like you like just all this stuff and I just think that like the I just thought that like the whole thing of him not even touching me just like absolutely pummeled my my confidence like I was just like okay, if you don't, if you're not finding me attractive anymore, which he was very clear about that, I don't even know where to turn because I wanted to like incorporate this into today's episode. Like something I really always thought about when I was with him is that there is actually this, I wrote it down, this statistic. You did write it down. I did. I wrote a lot of things down. You wrote a lot of things down. (laughs) Yeah. I also, yeah. So it's in a 2009 study, women with MS and cancer were more than six times as likely to become divorced than men with similar issues. So that was always a thing too. Who's going to date a disabled? Like you have this eating daughter. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I don't have anything. Like, I'm so lucky that you are with me. Like, do you know what I'm saying? He was so, he was very like, he was so like able to, to do that, to to manipulate me. And I, I still like, that was something when we officially broke up in October. That was a like, like something that still bothers me. Not bothers me, but something I worry about. Like, oh, MS is unpredictable. Like, not talk about MS again, but like, it's like, oh, like what guy will really like, like, is that going to be a factor, like a determining factor in like a relationship? So he always used that against me too. So there were all these things. So it happened. So I'm a raging bulimic. Continue. I'm continuing to like throw up. I'm a horrific to be around and I know I'm horrific to be around because I would weigh myself at least like 15 times a day. I would became obsessed with numbers. I I was I, in my camera roll still. It's just pictures and pictures of me like in the mirror, like my body until like I hit like, yeah, 98 pounds was my lowest and I could see like my shoulder bones were like piercing through my freaking skin. I had bruises and like he then like just wanted nothing to do with me and we broke up in may 2019 and he was like get the fuck out like i'm done with you like you don't stop like you're a lost cause like you're a piece of shit like there are people dying like there are people starving like and that fucks with you too because you do feel really guilty you're like holy shit like people don't have fucking food did you ever and- think about taking a cycle like some growth hormone and just <laughs> fucking his ass just up <laughs> you should have jumped on like some testosterone no, but some I'm deca I began, and just put him in a headlock. No, he was but, not a big guy. No, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, like you said with your ex, I was a psychopath. And the Psycho. things the things that he probably has videos of me, it's like I look like the instigator because I I probably was. Like I could not, 
I know grip on reality. When you're malnourished, your brain is like fucking going now, when, haywire. When, when you're going through this, and I like, I, I, I'm. It's, my question is this: so like, when I smoke, this is not anything like that, right? But my question is like this, basically. So like, when I smoke cigarettes, and I knew they were killing me. Mm-hmm. Once this girl left, every day, because that's how I started picking it up, and every day I said, "This today's the day I quit, today's the day I quit, today's yeah. the day I quit. Was that like with bulimia with you, where you were like, you know it was wrong, you're like, I'm going to stop throwing up today, I'm going to stop throwing up today? Well, actually, I, I would try that all the time, but it just, it never worked. And then in May 2019, we break up, I move home. I'm home, I'm mo- I'm moved home, my family knows I'm bulimic at this point they know i have an eating disorder like everyone knows at this point i have an eating disorder although i would look at myself in the mirror and i would say i'm fat as shit like look at this like fat. like it was it was absolutely insane meanwhile i would see the scale going down to like me five six and a half i would see the scale drop to like 110 108 105 98 pounds like i'm fucking like 28 years old right so we break up in may 2019 and that was like my real low point because i had i really and this is this is how he he really like did this to me like I felt like I had no no like director like I felt like I had no one to tell me what to do because like the way that our relationship was established it was like I always had to go to him like he told me what to do like there like I just felt like okay I'm just gonna go balls to the wall crazy now I'm just gonna go rampant bulimia no one's home I could do whatever I want I tons could, of blow yeah like we have partying like everything I'm freaking like five pounds like just like thank god I was so freaking skinny because no one wanted to fuck me because they were probably like, I will get arrested because this bitch is going to snap in half. So like I could have like just like gotten completely taken advantage of. So May 2019 again, like, yeah, we break up. I'm going crazy. And then like we start talking again. And I honestly like putty in his hands. I went crawling back. I was like, I cannot. I was getting sores in my mouth. My my throat. I would cough up blood all the time because the way. I, but did you still have your boob pads and your butt no, pads? No, I was you always wearing. Them? No, no, I was always wearing pads. I was always wearing yes. pads. Okay, good. And it was sick because people on social media would be like, "Oh my god, you look so good." And I'd be like, yeah, I look so skinny, but these things are all But fake. see, this is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He was right about the pads. It's like they work. They work. <laughs> <laughs> so so I come crawling back to him. My family's like, oh, you cannot go back to him. You and fucked I, up. I, well, you had a fucking hypnotist <laughs> on Madison Avenue and you fucking blew it. Cad, this is disappointing. Go ahead. So I get back with him. What was it? Like a few months later. And he writes this whole plan out. And again, like the way he did it, it it seemed like he cared because I really felt, and it's so sick because everyone's like, yeah, just stop fucking speaking highly of him. I'm like, I still felt like he was doing something nice. Like he wrote this whole meal plan out for me. And meanwhile, so if he was really being nice, he would help me get like a fucking psychologist. You know what I'm saying? Like be like, hey, this is a real. Being very judgmental again. Keep going. Yeah. So, so, so he writes this whole meal plan out. But it's like in at this point, I was, yeah, like around 110 pounds. And I guess, like, my happy weight is more like 140. So in his mind, he's like, you need to fucking, like, binge eat till you eat, till you gain, like, 40 pounds. Like, he wanted me to just fucking go. He knows your body more than me. you do, clearly. That, yes. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, that was all he said. Wait, those were, like, his exact words. I know your body. You don't know your body. You don't know your body. He would tell me I need to get up to 160 and then come down to 140. Because, so my tits remain fat, but then everything else will shrink. He knew my body to a T. He supposedly, according to him, right? So when I moved back in with him, I didn't want to eat all this food that he bought because it wasn't about gaining weight. It was about these are really processed, unhealthy foods, not good for my MS. So if I'm going in there, I'm gaining weight. I want to eat like a lot of like, if I, I like totally like 
gave up the idea of the MS diet, but I more was, I wanted to go in with the intention of recovering on like a whole foods diet. Like I'll just eat like a lot of like sweet potatoes and like avocados, things like that. But they might not be good for your MS. Yeah. But like at that point I was like, I didn't have any wiggle room to, to label food as like good and bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, because you kind of in that constraint with the MS because it, there is no perfect scenario for yeah. you, you know, and I didn't realize that. Yeah, and that's... Is that there yeah. is no... You have to... Almost like with you, you have to kind of give one or the other. You can't have everything. Yeah, exactly. So, he would... So he, But you didn't he say that you're making the MS up that's in your head? Yeah, he always oh, thought... Yeah, that's that's you, why okay. he would give me all this food because he'd be like, you can eat this. Like, you don't even have MS. He would say my MS was because I'm very anxious, because I'm very stressed. But he tried to help you. He sent you to a fucking hypnotist. I, <laughs> I don't understand what the problem here is. <laughs> Just so I'm so ungrateful. I'm just so ungrateful. Yes, very. So I just like, so again, like while, so while I'm with him, this sec, well, this a millionth time around because we always used to break up and get back together. I started like developing binging disorder, which is like, I couldn't stop eating, but they say that it's normal because your body is in such was it my body at that point was supposedly in such a crisis mode, like mentally. So Obviously. like, yeah. So like, and it's so crazy because I never sought real help. But what I did go to was Reddit and like Reddit has this forum. It's called like EDs anonymous. And I, I like became really close friends with, I still talk to one girl, but like these three girls that were going through bulimia and like, those are like the only people I told like a lot of my friends. I made a post on Instagram the other day about, me being bulimic this is very recent and they were like what the fuck you were bulimic i was like i didn't tell like anyone i was i told like three people they i was didn't actually bulimic. dramatic weight they loss? thought i was anorexic they thought i oh, wasn't but see that's the thing this is why this game is so fucking interesting yeah. because there are so many different levels so now you were also anorexic though no well initial i guess like before bulimia i was more so going through like no no when i first the first time after i puked like that chocolate covered strawberry i remember i would go more through like like, um, bit, not binge. I don't even want to say binge. I would eat and then I would restrict. I was never actually like full blown anorexic. I was more like, because I was in the gym, I felt like I couldn't just like eat. But like, how does and the body function without any food? Like, you don't I start have thinking, like, no, I, that's why faint? I went crazy. I no, I did st- in my, in my height, like in around May 19, but around May, 2019, before I got back with my ex, when it got like, um, really bad like I said like when I came home like the height height I was fainting I was I was fainting I didn't care I was so dehydrated I was also drinking and partying I was I was just I anything that anything I could eat I could get up it was insane like I was I was I was a ma- I was a master. a master and I and at some point I got to the point where I could literally I can, this, I know this sounds like a flex. It really isn't. I didn't have to stick my fingers in my throat. Like I knew how to like move you my were, abdomen. You were the LeBron James. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was so good. And people were really like, "What? Like how are you? How are you like doing this? Like like that's why so many people thought that I was anorexic because I wasn't gaining any weight. I was just able to get everything up. Because a lot of times people that are bulimic, like they are still kind of like I'm not gonna say chunky in any way, but they don't look like as skinny like as I was. So. But when I got back with him, the like after I moved home, like and he gave me this meal plan and everything, I was just eating so much to, for us to not fight. 
and he was always around because then the pandemic happened and then I again then I started feeling like oh my god now I have no control again I was like I'm spiraling like I hate this and I would eat so much but I was also like in the gym right so then we would go to the gym together and then he would still but I wasn't really gaining gaining weight even though I was eating a lot and then he again started accusing me of being bulimic when did you so now there's a lot going on here even though yeah you, even though you have every date and every time. Yeah, I know. There's so much I, going You probably have it down to the second. So now all of a sudden now you're in the gym. When did this happen? Because so, you were not in the gym when you were partying. So when did this whole, when did this decision come say, let me just join Planet Fitness? No, so actually, actually originally I was in the gym since 2018 before I developed my eating disorder. So Before? Yes. Yeah, so, so you're already, that's the beginning of your gym girl life? Yeah, 2018. Because you were a mathematician. You were, <laughs> you were, you have a lot going on. Shit. It's I like do. you have multiple lives. I know. Everyone you, just says that. You were a chubby mathematician <laughs> and the top of your class, chubby, that's you nice. were the, 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 the head of your class. Next thing you know, you got this fucking eating disorder. You're throwing up every day. Let me break it down in bullet points real quick. Okay. So, all right. I was down to like 170 naturally in 2013. I wasn't ever in the gym until 2018. However, when I was in the gym, that was also when I kind of started the MS diet because I thought, oh, MS diet, gym, healthy life, whatever, right? So I'm in the gym throughout my eating disorder, by the way. I was in my gym throughout. I was in the gym throughout the eating disorder. I don't know how. I do not know how either. Because that's so crazy. It was absolutely insane. I remember I used to eat overnight oats that were 452 calories every day right before the gym. And then... I everything else after the gym, I would binge and purge at the height of my bulimia. So binge and purge is just like eating a lot and then throwing it up. That's exactly what I do. Training program. Yeah, I, I had it down to science. I knew that it would all come up, and I never, and I never like care. Like not that I never cared. Like I never had any second thoughts about it. I was like, I have this in in control. It's amazing. You were young. That's why your body got through that. You tried that shit when you were old. You no, but I don't think bed. I was young. I was honestly like 27, 28. That was a big reason why I stayed with my ex because it's like girls go through, well, I don't know the actual st- statistics regard- surrounding age with eating disorders, but I just felt like he was like, women are having babies. Women are buying, we're buying, uh, couples are buying houses and you're here with your head in the toilet. So then I'm like, oh my God, like you're right. Like I have to stay with you forever because he's totally, totally like, right. like, yeah, he's just right. Totally he's, right. he's my God. He, he is, is my God. He is my God. He is my God. Though. Yeah. So after we got back together, like about the time I keep referencing, I developed like binging disorder, but I was in the gym, but I wasn't gaining weight, but I was lifting really heavy. So I was like, oh damn, I guess this is working. Like, how, right? how like, the fuck? Well, this was you your- have MS, you're throwing up your food and you're lifting heavy. How no, the no, fuck? no, this is, this is with binging disorder. Can I have a blood sample? <laughs> Do you mind? This was with binging disorder after I got back, after I got back with him after May, 2019. So I'm eating a lot. So then I was in the gym a lot and I was lifting heavy, like eating a lot in the gym. So that made more sense. But because I was eating a lot and I wasn't gaining weight, he was accusing me of being bulimic again. So it drove me up a wall because I was like, I fucking went through hell. I'm not throwing up again. And I made like, like I was like, so like I, and then because I went back with him again, I was putty in his hands. He was like, you're lying. Like, everything was, I'm lying. I could not shut the door when I went to the bathroom. I could never even, like, wash my hands or run water without him seeing it. Because the thing is, is a lot of girls, like, if you're, or men, whoever's suffering from bulimia, if you're throwing up, people sh- uh, run the water to, like, distract the sound. So everything was, like, even if I went out. and I, I used got- to do that when I was very young when I used to jerk off in the That's bathroom. <laughs> I would run the water because I don't want nobody to hear me spanking away. Anyway, but but it really was like it was, <laughs> it was spanking away, 
but he would still call me bulimic because he had this hold on me like he was like i am the only person that knew what you went through like i've seen it all i've seen it all and i was like oh my god you are such an amazing man to even take me back this millionth time after I live with my head in the toilet. It's like Zeus. Yeah. Then we went. He's a Greek god. Exactly. You know, five five though, <laughs> very strong. And like, uh, then we went through like the pandemic together, half and like on and off. You know, because that's every abusive relationship is so like tumultuous. And again, like he would just he had it. He had that. He had the eating disorder thing to hold over me. Like I'd be laying next to him. It would be like a year that I haven't thrown up, like on God. And he would be like, you smell like vomit. He was like, get away from me. You're disgusting. And then I'd be like, I didn't throw up. And then when I get defensive, I get loud. So then obviously when you're defensive, people think you're lying. So then that was just like this sick gaslighting thing. And I would call my mom when I was walking Ranger, Operation Rescue Ranger. I mean, hello, he took my dog, whatever. So he, he was like, she was like, you have to get out of there. You're not going to heal in the place that made you sick. And I was like... I can't because he's taking me back and because it, there was, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's so conflicting. Like, oh, he's a good person. He's taking me back. Oh, but he's a horrible person. Why is he not believing me? But then it's like when you're bulimic, when you have an eating disorder, I was such a liar. Like, I was not myself. I was erratic. I was like doing anything to get my hands on like food and throwing up. I really felt like a drug addict. I felt like a, like a full-blown drug addict. I could not stop. I would eat one thing at the height of my bulimia and then all of a sudden it would be like 10,000 calories. I swear to God. And it was, it was insane. It was just insane. And I think a lot of people, it's so hard. I think I had to go to Reddit to establish connections with people over the internet because I was so like embarrassed to tell people because it's just like, it's, it's an interesting thing about the internet too. Is like, it's easier for us to tell strangers. Yeah. And sometimes it could be actually helpful yeah. to tell the people that we're the closest to. Yeah. Because we're afraid of being judged or looked a certain way Absolutely. or things like that. And it really was. And I'm so fortunate because I remember the first time I told my sister, who's a psychologist, she was the only one that was like, she was like, it's not like, what did she say? She was like, you're not like, um, basically she was the one that was like, you're not just like trying to be skinny, like you're sick. But she said that in like, you know, a helpful way. She was like, this is a mental disorder. She and was then like, she You're gave sick. you a butt pad. I know. <laughs> my family was disgusted that I would even like modify my body with the nose job. I don't even think they really knew about the butt pad. <laughs> but, um, but it was just, it was just absolutely, it was just the worst, the worst time of my entire life. And I just feel like no one ever wants to talk about that. No how, one wants to talk about being bulimic. How long has it been since you're non-bulimic? Too long. I feel like, oh God. You have every single fucking thing down on that paper. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Chrissy. No, when I, when, I moved, when I moved back in with him, I never, what was it, May, June, July, August, what, August 2019? Very recent. Yeah, August so 2019. So you've been growing up for a while, and now we just fucking stopped. What was 2019? No, 2019. 2020, yeah, 2021, This is not the Jetsons. It's only three years later. Jesus Christ. But I will say those those eating disorder thoughts are, they, they are in yeah, my yeah. mind every single day. Every single day. I the, the most terrifying part of all this, of how he manipulated my my body image, my thoughts on my body, and how like the body dysmorphia. I never know what I look like. So I will say things to people, and they will... They'll think I'm joking. And I'm like, no, like, you don't know what I see. Like, he get, he somehow eliminated all trust that I have within myself. 
because he like because I'm dysmorphic. I can't see what I see. But now, so it's three years no throwing up food. Yeah. Uh, you've done a lot of work for like your diet and understanding foods more, understanding how to manage and making you a compromise because you can't live the perfect life because you living what your most people's bodies would want kind of con, con uh, contradicts or conflicts with the MS diet, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So where you are now, you've done a lot of work in the gym all the time. Um, wh- wh- how do you feel about yourself now? And what's the happiest you've ever felt about your body? Oh my God. I ha- think about just your looks and vanity. It's just as far as like, well, I feel fucking good right now. How do you feel now? I mean, I feel like, I think I only really feel like a, a six out of 10. Because I hold on, because my relationship only ended in October, I have a lot of feelings like that he instilled within me like since that relationship. But what if we tried to kill him? (laughs) No, let's not. Let's not even go there. We want want to have a successful podcast. All fair. All fair. Joke, joke, joke. And like, it's just like I'm full of like so much self-hate all the time. And I just could never, I can't imagine like my friends like after this relationship, like now you can go date. I'm like, I can't ever imagine dating because but if uh, the people on the internet see your boobs you totally oh my god you absolutely but you don't get it you I don't, don't, get, I don't it. get it you I'm don't stupid, get it i'm a stupid I, guy I'm i look in the guy. mirror and i'm like i don't understand and it's hard because i'm in like a family full of women and all they do is fixate on weight all they do is talk about food it's women, women suck yeah like and and it's really hard for me because it's like i don't expect them to understand what i went through but it's like i try very hard to not obsess over my body and i feel like especially because when you're in the gym it's that's so easy when you're in the gym you're like why do i have no pump like why am i not muscular enough things like that i think like you're that. taking the gym the wrong way but we'll talk about that another day I like it like i think you're the, in the gym you need to just be happy with your accomplishments like, oh shit i'm doing this because like yeah I, I don't i'm do not that. so it's like for me like especially with the strong man training and then it's turning into a gym fucking podcast as it was definitely going to happen is that, uh, you know, regard, I'm not the biggest guy in the gym. I'm in a yeah. competitive fucking gym yeah. where you can't be the strongest person if your life depended on it. These people compete. Yeah. But for me to step in there as time goes on and see myself doing things and lifting things in increments that are three times my body weight, I don't give a fuck what I look like. Yeah, it definitely has to be less, like, superficial. But so, I, so, yeah. yeah, so, like, my thing is is that if you just kind of put yourself on track where you say, well, I'm accomplishing something I couldn't before. Whether, let's say you're jumping rope, whatever the fucking case is, right? You're yeah. jumping rope. But now you say, oh, shit, I just jumped rope for fucking eight minutes just yeah. now. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Like, wow, I wasn't doing that before. No, yeah, you're right. And you take away the fucking vanity shit. Plus, you still got these fucking pads. Like, the button is still, <laughs> it's still here if you need it, right? I don't wear any padding anymore. That that was a big that was a big deal for me. And I'll tell you, like, the way the... that Yeah, that was a big deal. I was like... I remember the first time since we broke up in October, I went out with my friends. I didn't wear it. And I was like... You should leave this front doorstep. <laughs> Fuck your... Give me my dog back. He Fuck never your... even wore fucking elevator shoes. Like, I don't even understand that. Like, he's I five foot five. And then, I like... I'm just like well, he can't fix himself. No, that's the thing. He was perfect. And I think actually a big thing that made me so fucked up is when I got my nose done during the consultation, uh, like the guy looks at me and he looks at him and he had a very good looking face. He was very symmetrical. The guy looks at him and he goes, you're not here for the nose job. And he was like, look at that. And then the the guy was like, oh, do you want your chin done too? Like, because he's a plastic surgeon, like in the Upper East Side. He's there to make money. He's tearing me apart. So then I was like, holy shit, I look like fucking Picasso. I was like, I did not even know that all these things were wrong wrong with my face. And it's just like, it was so crazy too, because I remember like, because he always like, my ex always kind of like praised like, 
Spanish women because they're so naturally beautiful, which I agree. Spanish women are so not all of them, but like in general. Have you ever been to Orchard Beach? No, I know. You want to see what's walking around? So, so, but it was funny because I just remember like my Dominican friend during like uh, me and my ex's like relationship, he would be like. Why? Why do you think you're so ugly? Like he was like, you're so attractive. Like he was just like, I don't understand. And I was like, wait, like you think I'm attractive? You're Dominican too. Like I'm just this ugly white girl. Like I have no ass. Like what are you saying? Yeah, it's interesting how you then, be, we beat ourselves up. Not just yeah. you. And this is like a, this could be another an episode episode, and it probably should be. Is why people beat themselves up. Yeah. Low self esteem should be a total total Absolutely. episode because the thing is your your self esteem has put you in that fucking predicament in the first place. Yeah. And then once you yeah, got yeah, your hand, once this fucking little weasel got his hands on you, that was it. He loved it. He loved it. He could manipulate me every every which way. But I think the it I feel like it's important to note though that even anyone that's battled with an eating disorder, like those those uh feelings, those fixations, they really don't go away. You just have to learn how to it's suppress dramatic them. Dramatic because then you know so now and. and I can't relate to it, and I would never try because I don't want you yelling at me the way my ex yelled at me. Because mm -hmm. I'm gonna flip the fucking table. You would flip the fuck out, and I'm just not ready for that right MS now. MS hands but engaged. Like, look, so now, look, look at the healthy people. Yeah. Uh, gym people. Yeah. Serious gym people, not like ooh, look at me in the mirror. Like serious fucking gym people. Our lives revolve around food. food. Yeah. Forget about the fucking three hours that you spent lifting. Now your entire days is revolving around how am I getting three to four more. Absolutely. Healthy meals inside my but yeah. measuring people are measuring food. Yeah, not to fucking throw it up because some people do do that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, believe me, is the case where you 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 have your food and then you're throwing it up and you're planning where am I yeah. throwing this up? Who's gonna be it's home? Really but difficult. This, you know, they're not that kind of far apart because. You know, even trying to plan meals, it's like if you eat too long after your workout, if you eat too much before your workout, it's going to hinder you. Like, yeah. My biggest thing is if I eat right before I go to the gym, I can't fucking lift because yeah, it's coming up. There's definitely a correlation between definitely. Uh, like people that end up like going into cutting phases or things of that nature in the wow. gym and then they develop a This girl needs to disorder. cut herself too. No, not even cutting. Yeah, she... No, not cutting. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. that's another episode. <laughs> I used to do that too. I think it's a line. We'll you talk are, about that. Self-destructive behavior. So, I'm starting to see my right. ex in your eyes. She didn't wear the pads though. She didn't wear the pads. She didn't but pads. I do think it's important to include like some resources for people because the internet is just, uh, you know, amazing. There are things to do on there besides porn. Um, really? Yeah, I know. It's inc it's crazy. You can go to eatingdisordersanonymous.org and you can find eating disorder meetings in your area. And everything is on Zoom now, I believe. I looked into it because of COVID. You could go to ANAD, A-N-A-D.org, bulimia.org, or you can even text 741-741 um, to crisistextline.org. I mean, or you can DM me, Chrissy underscore Qs, or Richie. Or Richie. I don't know what Richie will do for you. <laughs> so you go through all this shit. What did... You it what did it take for you to get through? But not even that. Like, what would you recommend to somebody? There's a lot of girls out there. I know, not just girls. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure guys go through this yeah. shit too, right? What advice would you give them, knowing you went through this fucking horrible experience, yeah. that you would say, you know what, this would help them? Number one is to really address the fact that it is a sickness. This is a mental health issue. You're in crisis mode right now. You have an eating disorder. This didn't stem from a superficial place. This comes from a deeper crack in your foundation. You need help. So do not be ashamed. 
I understand eating disorders definitely do carry that shame and guilt because it's eating. It's a basic need, but you need to realize that you're worth healing and you deserve that healthy relationship with food and you need to seek help through therapy, through get a therapist, psychologist, even if it's just going to the internet, going on the internet initially because it is it is scary. It's a scary thing to admit that you're suffering to just to maybe just at least find people that are like in the same boat as you. That's why I mentioned before I went on EDs Anonymous on Reddit. It was just a support group. So I think even if you take that first step to finding a support group, it'll maybe even push you to to see an actual therapist because you real you you need therapy. You need therapy because it's so much bigger than losing weight. It's so much bigger than than just, you know, being thin, fitting society's ideal like body image instagram all day long yeah absolutely everybody's perfect with the perfect life and that's kind of fucked up too yeah because like you said before it's a reflection of poor self-esteem why do you have poor self-esteem that's something you need to address in therapy why is everybody else beautiful why is everybody else perfect life and everything's photoshopped yeah yeah absolutely it's totally related to the tie to almost married to the ideal of uh, of confidence right so like you talk about your relationship I just every time you speak about this shit, I'm like confidence. Yeah, absolutely. In my mind, it's because she just doesn't accept herself because if she did, she wouldn't. Exactly. She would have punched this kid in the face already. <laughs> she would have took her fucking dog and she would have walked at the fucking door, and that would have been the end of it. It's just uh, you telling yourself that you're not good enough. In my, that this is just how I'm. No, that's absolutely true. The picture true. that I'm painting, uh, that's really uh, essentially what it is. So, like your confidence level now. Your confidence level obviously went up because you made it through this fucking horrible fucking journey of throwing your food up, right? For years. You made it past that at a time when you thought you couldn't. And now you have to look at yourself from a higher perspective like, damn, this bitch is pretty strong. Right or wrong? Am I bugging? I I actually don't view it that way. And every time people tell me I'm strong, I'm like, I I still see myself as frail and sick for even going through that. And that's why, again, therapy is needed. But don't you... You, I don't have those, like, moments of reflection Mm. where I'm like, wow, I've been through so much. I'm so strong. I have more of... I I still view myself, and I think that's because I was in an eight-year abusive relationship. It's really difficult still to break those thoughts that the fact that even got in... The fact that even had an eating disorder, like, that that was a reflection on just, again, poor self-esteem, but, like, a reflection on how weak I was to let my mind, like, take over in such a like self-destructive way. So you don't see yourself as much stronger now for getting past that. Um I don't, but again, therapy. That's why every- But like so now they, they say like here I am. I'm this fucking schmuck over here on the other side of the table. Yeah. But see now I view it as like wow, that's a fucking mountain to overcome. Yeah. Now like maybe if there's enough people like me because I'm not bullshitting because if if you sucked, I would tell you you suck. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you Thank don't. You. The thing is that you legitimately came from a fucking place that is impossible to get through. And here's a question I have too, and this is I don't this is a dark place to go to, but I'm interested. Are there people that take it too far because you're fucking with your nutrition and your body? Yeah. And your body can give out at any time. It could be from something that people Absolutely. there are more people that die from being dehydrated because when you're don't going through this phase of drug abuse, people are not dying from the drug, they're dying from yeah. dehydration. So now you go through these circumstances. It has to be, unfortunately, heartbreaking circumstance that there are a lot of people out there, a lot of kids that die because they took these disorders too far. Am I correct yeah, or am I wrong? Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely die at the hand of an eating disorder. And there are definitely statistics based on that, yeah, correct? Yeah, absolutely. 
I don't know those off the top of my head, but look at Terry Schiavo. I mean, just to mention, like, real quick, she was, like, a, she was severely bulimic, and then she ended up in a coma. There was also a famous actress. I don't I, know if she played a Buffy or something like that in a movie. Um, what the hell was her name? She was very thin, and I think she suffered from eating disorders, but also drug abuse as well. Didn't Brittany Murphy? I'm unsure. Brittany yeah. Murphy is yeah. the girl. Yeah, that's again. I mean, I know I'm like a broken record, but I think uh, just uh, just as someone who didn't view it as a mental health issue, uh, it just going to therapy is just absolutely key because I, again, like you mentioned, I view I viewed it as me being vain and me just wanting to be like a thin, a thin girl like everyone else. But no, it's there were a lot of underlying issues for me to address and. Just like I deserve to heal, anyone out there suffering deserves to heal as well. A lot of us grow up, and I'm one too. I, I've suffered from depression quite a few times. I go in and out of it. It's yeah. the brutal. When it comes, it comes like a fucking tsunami. Mm-hmm. And it's like nothing can, and I, and, and I hate to admit this, but uh, you know, I've been, there are times, not many, but there are times that existed where I was borderline suicidal. Yeah. One of them when I was selling drugs in the street and I had no fucking life and all I did was make money all day long. I was suicidal. And there was a point in time, and there's one, uh, I would say, one serious fucking time that really isn't that long ago where I did try to hurt myself. Yeah. And I said, it's what? It's a scary place. It's scary. You're like, like, what the fuck? Do, how did I get there? How did I get here? How the fuck do I get out of this? Yes. And um, listen, you deserve a lot of fucking credit. You made it out of that. You, I think you, me, and a lot of fucking kids need to hear this shit. Thank you. Is Thank that you. that we need to get the fuck out of these places, these dark places, and just find something where we could... Because the way that the world is, and I'm a super fucking Fight Club fan, greatest fucking this. movie ever we made, I wish I could make love to that movie, <laughs> is that, you know, when he talks about that we don't have a great war, we don't have a great depression, you know, our, our great war is a, a spiritual war, and a great depression is our lives. We grew up in this world never being good enough. Yeah. And there are people out there that we would look at like, oh my God, I wish I was you, athletes, supermodels, etc., and there are some people out there that are in these worlds that we would never fucking expect. Famous people. Lady Gaga talks about this shit all the time. And they suffer from loneliness and fucking depression. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just feel like uh, the way society is set up, we're like idealizing like a fake a reality. Fake reality yeah. that's not fucking real. Yeah. So it's like you're trying to obtain something that isn't even attainable. It doesn't even exist. So. I mean, what? It's. It's really just imperative. I mean, from all angles, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, self-esteem to just seek help, just whether it be through the Internet or an in-person, an in-person meeting, things of that nature, because there's no there's no shame surrounding it. There's no shame in needing help. Just like that's why you're saying Lady Gaga, like it's amazing that celebrities are some of them are mental health advocates. I love just them when they have it. the guts to come out. Yeah, absolutely. And so talking about that shit, I like, I like I want to just hug them tightly because it's like they are helping so much because they're saying, mm-hmm. hey, look, it's not what you think it is. Uh, it's like how people analyze drug deals. Like I was working on a documentary to show the reality. Like, oh, you're these rappers and all this other shit is about, yo, about that life, about that life, making that money, making that money. And I have the perspective of saying, hey, I made a lot of fucking money doing it too. And yeah. it was like the misery it caused in my life. I was the unhappiest I think I ever was. And I was surrounded by people with lots of money. That well is just as unhappy as, as I was, if not more. And the and the, the answer to everything was, well, buy yourself something that'll make you feel better, and it never worked. Yeah. And it never will. How we feel about ourselves is why. And I'm always big in gym and diet guy, and we have an episode that we're gonna work on too. Where it's about you know diet, uh, exercise, all that other shit that you know uh, could add a lot of value if people want to yeah. listen to that one too. 
That's why it's important to just break the stigma. We're here to break the stigma, help you get out of your misery, but while also discussing ours. We're getting so we're out of our fucking misery. Yeah, we're you here for shit? you. We're here for you, just Shit. like you guys better be here for us. Damn right. Fucking Shit. understand. <laughs> Bitches. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Uh, I'm Chrissy Cuse. I'm Dickie D. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Ciao, vediamo.